0: Good morning. How are you? Stand with me. Welcome to Pentecost Sunday. Sorry, we thought that video was a little bit longer. (laughs) Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for Pentecost, for the birth of the church, and we thank you for the way that your spirit is moving and active in our lives today. I pray that everything that happens in this space, you'll be glorified.
1: See more, all that you've done boy. Dead rose from there too tomb-
2: Jen, I haven't been in here in like a year, so it's kind of um, good to not see you because I can't see anything. Um, hey, Dessie, will you, will you turn the house lights up? I, uh, I've been thinking a lot about church, especially since I've not been in here with all of you in a long time. And when I think about what we're called to together, um, we're moving into a time of prayer. And so this may feel a little bit awkward, um, but I'm going to ask you some questions. And if this is you, raise your hand. Are you worried about anything? You have someone that you're praying for?? Is there something that is consuming your mind today? Are you lonely? Are you sad? Are you celebrating? Are there good things in your life that you want to thank God for? That's what we do together. That's what we share together. We don't come in here as individuals and leave as individuals. We are the church. Today we celebrate the birth of the church but we are the church. You are not the church by yourself. Sorry. <laughs> You're not the church by yourself. I, I'm not the church by myself. Pastor Garen is not the church by himself. We are the church. And it's very, very important that we see that each of us has an important role to play. Every single one of us. From these little ones, to the oldest among us, to the most educated, to the least educated. Thank you, Janice. We are the church, and we are called and empowered by God to be the church. What we do today is practice. So if you leave here today, and you walk out feeling like you were an individual, we're doing it wrong. And let me tell you, can I, can I be a little, like, pastor snarky? It's not just me. And it's not just them. And it's not just them. It's every single one of us. We have a responsibility to each other, right? You saw each other raise hands that they're lonely, that they're worried, that they have concerns, that they're celebrating. Right now, today, is your opportunity to connect with these people. Do not leave this place today an individual. We are the church. And so as the church, we get to pray together. We get to approach the throne of the Most High God together, not as individuals, together. Do you know that there is power in that? That's right. That's right. There is absolute power in that, and it's not because of what we do. Those apostles in the upper room were scared for their lives. They had no idea what was about to happen to them. They were in the upper room hiding They were hiding. They weren't conjuring. They weren't singing praise and worship songs. They weren't, like, conjuring up some sort of spirit to come. They were afraid. They had no idea what was going to happen. And God came. God came. So if you are worried, if you are concerned, if you are locked in a room and you're not sure what the next step is for you, God can come. So today, let's just pray and thank him because it's him who does the work. It's not it's not what we can do, it's what he can do through us. Let's pray, Jesus. I confess, I confess that a lot of times I've shown up at church and I have used your Holy Spirit as my entertainment. I have used your Holy Spirit as my feel-good drug. I have used your Holy Spirit as a way to, uh, I don't know, get those goosebumps, I guess. I have used this gift that you intended for my empowerment a gift that I did nothing, nothing to receive. There's nothing that I could have done to receive it. You gave it for the church's empowerment so that your gospel, your good news, your love, your peace, your grace and your goodness could spread throughout the whole world, and man, have we turned it into something that it's not supposed to be. Lord Jesus, will you forgive us? Will you forgive us for having such an individual idea of what it means to follow you? And will you help us to open our eyes and see those around us as co-journeyers, as those who are there to support and help and pray for us and to be there for us and to be a family and to be the church that you have called us to be? We're so grateful, Jesus. We're so grateful that you are the God who came running to us. That you are a God who came to us when we couldn't do anything on our own. So, Lord, forgive us when we become bootstrap Christians. When we think that we've got to pull it all together before we can follow you. Lord, will you... Do a work in our hearts so that we know that we belong to you. We belong, and we belong to each other. Change us. Empower us by your Holy Spirit. Not for goosebumps. Empower us to be your hands and feet in this world that needs you desperately and they need to see the kind of God that you truly are. They need to see your character in us and we can't do that on our own. We need you. We need you to do the work in us and we love you. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. I'm so excited. So you may have um, noticed that we've got some kids in here, and this is going to be the case through the summer. Um, The kids will join us for the first part of the service, and then we will um, retreat to the kids' room where we're going to make a lot of noise and a mess and those kinds of fun things. Um, But for the first part of the service, they're going to be in with us. Guess what that means? You guys get to show them what it means to be the church in this room. I mean, we're more than that, right? Um, so during the passing of the peace each week, that's when the kids will um, join me at that back corner. Um, they, can, they can go hang out with John for a second until I get back there. Um, I can't see a doggone thing. <laughs> can you tell? I haven't seen grown-ups in a long time. I've been talking a lot. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, I can't see. I can't see y'all. Oh, there you are. Okay. Hi. So um, this morning, as we move into a time of passing the peace, I really want you to make sure that you connect with some kids as well. So will you do that, please? Um, That's the mama bear coming out. Will you please be nice to the kids? Uh, (laughs) But will you stand with me? What I love about this practice, and this is a practice for us of passing the peace, this is not simply giving someone a high five, right? So (laughs) you can give someone a high five, but there's so much more to it. When we practice the discipline of passing peace to each other, what we're doing is we are practicing what we do out there, right? Because I promise you, that there are people in this room who voted differently than you, who have different ideas about things than you. They might not like tacos. I don't know how, but they might not. This is where we practice peace of Christ, the peace of Christ that passes all understanding and makes it um, possible for us to have peace with people that we disagree with. Okay? I don't want you to ask people who they voted for. But but just know that there are people in this room who voted differently than you. There are people who think differently than you. Thank goodness. Right? And so we are grateful that we get to practice this today and then go out and live it out in in the world. Right? And so, I haven't done this in so long. Friends, may the peace of Christ be with you today. Mm, Thank you. Now, pass that peace to each other. Practice well. Make sure you know that there. So, okay. So enjoy some time together.
0: Hey everybody, I thought that Justin was next, and so I've been living it up. Welcome, welcome. If you're online with us, hopefully you've had time to tag a couple of people and to say hi, and and uh, nice to have our online pastor, Pastor Tim in the house. How you doing, Tim? Woo-hoo! Hey. This guy, if you're ever not with us and watching online, if I reference anything, if I reference a movie or a song or a book, he's got... A link to like rent it or buy it or hear it or whatever like within like seconds this guy is on it and so um, if you hear something you're like oh I wonder what Garen said just go back and watch us online and you can find the the links to whatever I said because Tim he, he's on it so um, I'm Garen along with Tim and Jason and Jen and Justin we we serve you we serve with you Because we all serve, right? And I have the opportunity to give you a couple of announcements. Let me tell you a couple of things are going on. I want to show you this real fast. Last Friday, we graduated four VPK classes. And it was an amazing time. This place. Sorry, I, I was gonna take this off, but I gotta have it for this. So sorry. Ray gave me a Hope Dealer shirt, and, and I wanted to wear it, but uh, I gotta have something to hang my my, my uh, mic on. So I can't hang it on my ear. Yeah. Uh, last Friday was an amazing time. This place was packed with 200 parents and grandparents and siblings as we graduated four classes. Bright Beginnings is one of the bigger ministries that our church has, and I just wanted you to see the fruit of what's been going on. Did you realize that right now, because of Bright Beginnings, we have students that have heard about the love of Jesus that are in preschool, that are in Spruce Creek, Sweetwater Elementary, Creekside Middle School, Atlantic High School, Spruce Creek High School. We have a decade of kids that have heard about Jesus because of the faithfulness of Bright Beginnings and Port Orange Nazarene. And so uh, I just didn't want you to miss an opportunity to see what God is doing in other aspects of our church and our ministry. Let me tell you something else that's coming up. It's, it's going to be crazy this summer and we need your help. If you can paint or hit a hammer, hit a nail with a hammer, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. That's my skill level. If you can solve, if you can do whatever, we are doing three renovations this summer, hopefully, so that the kids will finally have their own space. They've been sharing for 20 years, and we're finally getting them their own space. So the kids' room, we're going to be taking care of over there. We're going to be renovating the office room to create another classroom so that we can have more Bible studies during the week and during the weekends, and we're going to be moving the office, and we're going to need your help, and so you're going to find out more about that, but if you can help in any way this summer, we're going to need it, because three classrooms is a lot to do in one summer. Next thing, in a couple of minutes, we're going to be having our church potluck. I have no idea why I said it like that. Sorry, that was a little bit creepy. Sorry, and I just spit everywhere. In just a few minutes, we're going to be sharing a meal together, which is it's a great way to have community. And so um, if you brought something, that's awesome. If you didn't bring something, There's enough. Stick around. We're going to be celebrating just spending time together and connecting, and we're going to be celebrating um, the Corderos and letting them know how much we love them today. Um, And then I think I have. Oh. Then we'll be saying goodbye to them, and we have a gift for them that we'll be uh, doing at the potluck. Justin um, wanted to keep the service rolling, and so we'll focus on that family um, at the potluck. So. If you have food, great. If you don't have food and you want to run and get it and come back, we'll be here. And that all happens right after the service, okay? Thanks. If you're watching online and you're in town, get dressed. You've got time to make it here for the potluck.
3: Yes, yes, we do. Listen, I want to reiterate that. If you did not bring something for the potluck, it is okay. I mentioned to a few people this morning already, my family eats this much rice. My wife made this much rice. That is for, and, and I'm sure a lot of people who did bring something this morning, you know, they probably did the same thing where they made more than what they normally would have had. So we have more than enough food, uh, and don't get, don't, it's not no big deal. We get there's a taco bell right down the road that uh, we can go pick up a 12 pack of tacos, whatever the case is. Speaking on tacos, Jen mentioned something earlier that I don't, I gotta correct. Okay, we are supposed to be at peace with one another. That is true, 100%. I'm always up here giving, passing the peace. But if you do not like tacos. That I, I think there's somewhere in the Bible on the fine print on the backside that says something about not liking tacos, tacos, not being right. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Guys, we, we, we come to a time of the service that we get to give back to the Lord. And I'm just reminded every single time that I come up here to to just, you know, lead us into this time of giving back to him of how much the Lord has given to me and my family and to given to every single one of us. The breath in our lungs. I mean, the, 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 the life after death, right, that death is literally our final sting in life. And, and after that, the truth is this, one day when we all, one day we'll all die. But the truth is this, if I were to go before you, I promise you, guess what I don't got to worry about? I don't got to worry about getting sick anymore. I don't got to worry about paying bills. I don't got to worry about gas prices going up. So the Lord has blessed us tremendously with the life after the life that we're currently living right now. And so, uh, you know, we think of these times and we think and during this moment, if we can, just reminisce and think of the moments that God has provided for you and your family. And uh, this is just a time that we get to give back to him. And so let's just pray for his blessing uh, over this. Lord, thank you so much for all that you've done for us, for the blessings that you've given us, for the countless blessings, Lord, for your son who died on the cross, for what we celebrate today, Lord, the day of Pentecost, the birth of the church, for your Holy Spirit, Lord. We welcome your Holy Spirit in this room. We thank you for this gift, Lord. We thank you for the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit that comes in and penetrates our lives we thank you for the fire, Lord, that sets upon us, the heavenly fire, Lord, that, that purifies our hearts. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. And here in this time that we have an opportunity to give back to you, Lord, I pray that you would bless it. Father, I pray that this church would be a church that gives cheerfully. Lord, that we would be a people that don't give with closed fist. That we wouldn't be like that song that says, I throw a 20 in the plate, but I'll never give till it hurts. Lord, may we be a sacrificial church when it comes to our our pockets, when it comes to our time, when it comes to our energy, Lord. May we give to your kingdom sacrificially as you have given back to us, Lord, sacrificially as well. In Jesus' name we pray for this. Amen.
0: Birth of the church. So happy birthday church. We have cake at the potluck to celebrate. So you're going to want to get that, get all sugared up. So um, we're going to hop right into it, to be honest. Usually I say a bunch of stuff at the beginning, but we're going to hop right into it. So if you have your Bibles, turn into Acts chapter two. This is the passage that I'm guessing 75% of the pastors around the world will be preaching from today. Because this is the account of the Spirit coming upon um, a group of people and changing the world. And so we're going to be in Acts chapter 2. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you have your digital devices, I guess you can click there. It'll be up here if you need it as well. Acts 2, we're going to be reading the first 13 verses right now. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Now, at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem, and when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. And they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. This is my least favorite slide. I'm going to butcher a lot of these, but we're going to run through it, and so bear with me. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are from Galilee. Now, that would denote these people are uneducated. These people haven't been anywhere. These people shouldn't be able to do what they're doing. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and the province of Asia, uh, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, oh my word, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Okay, so there's a lot of people there. Thank you, thank you. I don't know if I said it right, but if you say it fast, it it makes you sound confident. So all these people are here, and we all hear these people speaking, not in their language, not in their dialect, but in our own languages about the wonderful things that God has done. And they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. I love this, this line. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk. That's all. Yeah. So, to understand what's happening here, so, so you understand what's going on, the, the power of the Holy Spirit is falling on these 120 in the upper room, and God is unleashing the Holy Spirit. But to understand all that, we kind of need to get some background. And so I want to take us all the way back to the very beginning. And I don't have slides for these, Kimmy, so don't be looking for them. Back in Genesis, Genesis 1, We see this Trinitarian Father-Son Spirit that is creating and making things and and is is building things. Genesis 1.26 says, after after this triune God has started to build, God says, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Then they'll reign over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the the livestock and all the wild animals of the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Basically, let's create humanity in our image and give them the task of continuing this creation process and this community process. That's the plan. That's the plan in Genesis 1. Creative language. Let us make. What is God wanting to make? God is creating this community that will continue the creation process. Why? Because God is longing to create a people that are blessed, not so that they can bless themselves, but so that they can be a blessing to others. And what's the purpose of this blessing? The purpose of them being a blessing is so that they can promote God's name. So that they can make God's name famous among the people. So that God gets the glory in everything. And the language of humanity would be love. Love would be their native tongue. Well, it doesn't take long if you're in Genesis... Uh, It doesn't take long for things to go wrong. And in just a few chapters, we have the earth being flooded. We have people, humanity being built up again. And then we come in Genesis 11 to another situation where we have this tower of Babel. Things go wrong. People start learning a different language. Their native tongue is love. And yet they start, well they decide that they can usurp God and do things without Him. And you see it even in the language in verse 3 of chapter 11. They say, let us make. Verse 4, let us build. They have this creative mindset, but they're not doing it to be a blessing to others. They're not doing it to make God famous. They're doing it because then we will be great. So where God was building community, they were building ambition. Where God was... Wanting people to be blessed to be a blessing, the people of Babel were seeking their own fame and their own glory. Where in Genesis 1, God's name is to be elevated and lifted high. The people of Babel are trying to make a name for themselves, trying to make themselves famous. And so they use what I would call a different language it's the language of lust. And greed and pride and self worth and accomplishment and power and being served. And these are all powerful languages, but they're not our native language. They're not our native tongue. But it's so powerful that God even says in verse 6 Look at these people, they're united. They all speak the same language, and after this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. And so God uses different languages to separate them. A community that at one, at one time only spoke love, the native tongue was love, now humanity had chosen different languages. And for generations, for hundreds of years, for thousands of years we would choose our own language over our native tongue, which is God's love. From Genesis all the way through to Jesus, we would see we chose our own tongues. Self-ambition, greed, pride, fame. and We lost our native tongue. It's like I, I used to know a lot of sign language, but the less I use it, the less I remember. And it's like humanity had this amnesia where they stopped hearing this native tongue of God. But even in all of the chaos, God was still working. And so we had people that would hear the voice of God and they would be, prophets, and, and it'd be like Moses or Gideon or Deborah or Isaiah, and the Spirit of the Lord would fall upon people, and the people would speak for God. They would be God's voice for a certain generation and for a certain group of people at a certain time, but it was usually only one person. It wasn't a group of people. It was just one person that would speak and have the Spirit of God upon him and tell them what to do, and then one of the prophets, Joel, does something completely off script, it would seem, when Joel pronounces there's going to be something different happening. And this is the passage. The the prophet Joel is who Peter quotes in the second part of Acts. So I want to go back to Acts and we're going to read verses from 14 on. So, then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted out to the crowd, Listen, carefully, all of you. Fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people aren't drunk. As some of you are assuming, nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. I love Peter. He's just always like, You can't get hammered by nine. Come on. (laughs) Let's be real. No. This isn't alcohol induced. This is something different. What you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And this is what Joel said. In the last days, God says, I'll pour pour out my spirit upon, not individuals, upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I'll pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy I'll cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below and blood and fire and cloud of smoke. The sun will become dark. The moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So spoken almost 400 years before. Before Peter gets up there For hundreds of years, we have Joel's words. And Joel is saying, God still has a plan. God's not through with humanity. There was a vision, and it started in Genesis 1, and there will be a fulfillment of that vision, and God is doing something even now. The plan is still community. The plan is still for you to be a blessing to bless others. The plan is still for God's name to be glorified and lifted up. And Job proclaims that God's Spirit will be poured out on all people. Not one person, not one prophet, not one judge. Jesus Christ would be the last capital O, one. And then there would be an unleashing of God's Spirit upon all people. Anyone who will follow God. Men, women, boys, girls, anyone. So Pentecost, what Pentecost means for us today is simply this. Through God's spirit, we are being restored to our native tongue. Babel. You've got multiple tongues. Languages that separated us. At Pentecost, spirit comes upon them and tongues of fire fall. I think that Luke is using that word intentionally. Uniting them together. At Babel, people chose different tongues. Selfishness, greed, lust, politics, power, ego. At Pentecost, the 120 in that room received their intended language, their native tongue. And it was the language of God's love. And everyone present was filled. No longer was God speaking only to a few. God's Spirit came upon all of them everyone that was willing to receive it. And this changes everything, y'all. This changes the way we do church because now it's not the pastor gets the word and the people know it's all of us. We all are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's all of us today. The Spirit will fall upon everyone who is totally surrendered. To this triune God, this Father, this Son, this Spirit, this God that loves us so much that He would send His Son, Jesus Christ, and then the Spirit would come afterwards and guide us and lead us. What could God do with 120 people in Port Orange who are completely filled with the Holy Spirit? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know that we've seen it. That's not just a here, that's a here. But what could God do? What could God do if you fully surrendered and if I fully surrendered and if we began to build this community of surrendered people where God's Spirit was falling upon us and we were being blessed? But it wasn't blessed so that we can get richer or it wasn't blessed so that our church will grow in numbers or that we're blessed so that we can bless others. So we're this community that's blessing others. And the reason we're blessing others and people say, why are you being this way? Why is your church acting this way? How come you can be like this when troubles come? Why are you this way when there's pain in this world and when things are happening and people are getting shot or stabbed or what? And you can say, well, I'm this way because of Jesus What Jesus did for me, it was this love of God, this language that I'm learning, this native tongue of love that I'm learning. And God's name is elevated in our circumstances because we focus all the attention on God. Pentecost is a picture of what Joel prophesied hundreds of years earlier. Pentecost is what happens when people come together and they begin to live out God's original plan. Where everyone is a prophet. Not just the pastor. Where everyone is used by God to be a blessing. Not just whatever ministry the church has going on. Where everyone is invited into God's community. And God's community happens more than 70 minutes one day a week. Pentecost is what happens when we return to God's plan and we live like Pentecostal people. Pentecost is the pattern. It's the pattern. Peter's talking about it, and he'll allude to it later on in 1 Peter chapter 2 when he says this. You're a chosen people. You're royal priests. See, everyone's a prophet. That's you. That's a plural you. Peter's not talking to an individual. He's saying, in the South, we'd say, all y'all. All All y'all are royal priests. You're a holy nation. You're God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. That's us being blessed to be a blessing. We show people the goodness of God, and they realize that there are blessings to be had by God, not just... I want to be careful. This isn't health, wealth, and prosperity theology. Because we all know that there are times when we get blessed Or a blessing falls upon us and it has nothing to do with money. And we also know that there are many times and we have much more in our bank account than we need. And we still don't feel blessed. This is about God's spirit. That's the blessing. So we show others the goodness of God. We speak in this native tongue. For he called you out of darkness and into this wonderful light. Everyone is invited into God's community. Once you had no identity as a people, and now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, and now you've received God's mercy. Folks, Pentecost is the prototype for how we're supposed to live today. Do you realize that you're chosen? I'm not saying that like, oh yeah, I'm chosen. No. Do you realize? Henry Nowen would say, until you realize that Jesus, that God thinks of you as the most precious person in the world, you don't understand how loved you are. And until and you don't understand how big the love of God is, because God can think, you're the most precious person in the world. 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 That's how God sees you. You're chosen. You may not feel qualified to live this life. You may not even be sure that you want to. Because it's a lot easier to punch the clock in on Sunday morning for 70 minutes one time a month and feel like you're doing your Christian duty. You may have doubts even. Yeah, I hear him saying I'm loved, but I don't know. He doesn't know me. And you're right. But God knows you. And God still calls you loved. Completely. The native tongue of God, how could you be anything other than completely loved so you may not feel qualified you may not be sure you even want this task none of that impacts your calling you're a prophet the Hebrew word is Nabi. I took a grad class on the and and we would call it we would address you as the hey nabi hey nabi. Because we understood that we're all called to be the mouthpiece of God. Because you know people that I don't know. You have people that are hurting in your circle, in your sphere of influence, that I'll never meet. I can't be the voice of God in that setting. It's got to be you. One pastor puts it this way. We are the agents of reconciliation. There's no plan B. If you don't speak the native tongue of love into people's lives, they may never hear it. You're the plan. All the way back in Genesis, let us make humanity in our image. You're the plan. You've been the plan. And if you don't live up to what your calling is, the spirit is hindered. We're supposed to be these images of God. it's It's like we're walking billboards for God. This is not only who God is. This is what God can do to a mess like me. And so we act as these walking billboards. We're in this image of God. Now, what's the purpose of a billboard? The purpose of a billboard, if you're driving down the road, is to create longing for something and then to point you to the solution for that longing that they're trying to get you to have. Let me give you an example. If you drive down 95 South from... I-4 to our exit, you see a McDonald's sign. You know what I'm talking about? And it's got the fries, and it's got the fries lined up, pointed in two different ways, and it says, fries. It says, two miles that way, half a mile that way. The purpose of the billboard is when I'm driving down the road, I say, ooh, I'm hungry. Ooh, fries look good. Oh. And then not only do they create the need or the desire, but then they say, and here's where you can find the solution. It's just a little bit that way. It's just a little bit that way. The billboard's purpose is to create a desire and then to provide the solution. Are you with me? Do you understand that we are called to be billboards of God? To show people this native tongue, this love of God that is so amazing. And when we create the desire in people, not because of anything we're doing, but because we're displaying God's love and we're being God's billboard. Then all of a sudden they say, what do you have and how do I get it? And you have the opportunity to be the voice, the voice of God, the Nabi, the prophet that speaks life into people who are hurting because you have the answer. You've been the billboard. You're in the image of God and you can point them to Jesus, who is the answer. That's our role. That's what happens when Pentecost comes. And if we want to have Pentecost, that's what's got to happen in our lives on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday at the ice skating rink and Saturday at the birthday parties and Tuesday morning at the office staff meeting where billboards of God's love. We display the image of God because we want God's name to be elevated and we want to call people into this community because we have the answer. Why would we not want to tell other people about the answer? My family loves Disney. We tell people about Disney all the time. People know we love Disney. I wish that we would all, myself included, be so excited about what God is doing in our lives that we couldn't help but talk about it. And that people would start to look at us as like, oh, is that Jesus person? And they may love us or they may hate us, but when crisis hits them, they will know that we are the billboard and we have the answer and we can point them to the right person. So today, question is simple. What, what language are we speaking? Are we speaking selfishness? Are we speaking, I just want to get enough to retire? Are we speaking, well, I'm going to focus on family and we'll get back in the church later. Are we speaking on ego, if I can just get that next promotion, if I can just get that next phrase? Are we seeking fame for ourselves? Well, pastor just needs to lay off. It's a personal decision. It's between me and Jesus. Let me tell you, your relationship with Jesus may be personal, but it was never meant to be private. Your relationship may be personal because you have to decide to give Jesus your heart. But it was never meant to be private. The very last words of Jesus is, go and make disciples. Do something. Tell people about what I've done for you, what I've done in you. So we can live our lives with this language that we've adopted. And honestly, one of the worst languages for us is the Christianese language. I go to church. I tithe. I Whatever it is that you think makes you a Christian. When God is calling us back to this native tongue, which is this overwhelming call of God's love. God's calling us back to community. Like he talks about in Genesis 1. God's calling us back to be blessed to be a blessing like in Genesis 1 God's calling us back to to be the voice of God like in Genesis 1 The question is God is calling are we listening Are we responding It's my prayer That today will be a watershed moment in many of our lives. Where maybe we'll take an honest assessment and say, I'm a pretty good person at living like a church person. I play a good, it's like those commercials. I'm not a Christian, but I play one on TV. I'd be a fool not to think that there are many of us in here that are living our Christian lives that way. I know that there are others that are absolutely entrenched in this native tongue of God's love. I wonder what could happen if instead of having individual voices, individual billboards, if we, As a collective community, I didn't know Jen was going to say that during prayer time, but she's exactly right. We are a community. What could happen if we could choose to surrender to God and to each other? What could happen if we could choose to be the light? And like like Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount, if we could be so flavorful, to have so much salt in our lives that it makes people thirsty... Well, what could happen if it wasn't just one of us here and there, but if it was all of us? And, and then we're not just a light breeze. We become this hurricane of God's love. And, and, and this, these tongues of, of, of flames, we might not see them, but they're blowing in our hearts and in our lives. And we hear this native tongue of God's love, and we share it with others. That's my prayer for us. That's my prayer for me. And that's my prayer for you. Jesus, you told us when you left that you were sending someone greater. And I don't understand all that. and We don't have time to unpack that in a prayer, but I do know that when you were with us, you were with who was in front of you and your spirit is now everywhere to all people. I pray that you will help us. Jesus, there are some of us right now that need to make our hearts an altar or maybe we need to come down to the altar and we just need to pray and we need to confess those areas of our lives where maybe we've, we started off as a billboard of, of God, a billboard of your grace, and we've, over time, let graffiti cover us. It's just the little things. It's just a few more hours working. It's just those harsh words we say to our spouse, but that's okay. They get it. It's that pride and what was once supposed to be a billboard of your love and grace, displaying your native tongue, which is love, all of a sudden becomes this eyesore because it's covered with so many other messages. Jesus, will will You clean us? Will You wash us and make us whole? I pray that You will help us to be people that today make the decision that this is the first day of the rest of our lives of being 100% sold out for you. And I pray that you'll help us to be bold in our faith, that you'll help us to be contagious Christians, that you will help us to be billboards so that when people are in crisis, they know where to turn because they understand that we have the answer. Will you make us that kind of people, Jesus? That's what you've called us to be, and that's what you want to make us. I guess it really comes down to, will we let you make us that? I pray that we will. Holy Spirit, thank you for guiding and directing. Sometimes we feel you, and we got the warm fuzzies, and other times it's that still, small voice. But we know that you're with us. So we surrender to your wisdom. We pray this all in the name of Jesus, the one who saves us. Amen.
4: Možda mi sve što istina. I said you might know the truth but if nobody can understand you what's it worth? This is one of my favorite Sundays of celebration during the year. I feel uh, one of the gifts that God gave me, I realized, was a gift for languages. I spent a good part of my life in different parts of the world trying to share truth, the truth of Jesus. And one thing I learned quickly was that if I did not speak the language of the people around me, it wasn't worth anything, was it? Um, Sometimes you know when God gives you different things. Well, one thing I I know that God has given me uh, is an insight on the cultures that I'm in. Uh, One of my favorite things to do, I go anywhere in the world and fit in with the people. And that has given me insight into my own culture. And on this Pentecost Sunday, what the Spirit has laid on my heart for years, and I want to share with you right now, is that we have the truth. But nobody can hear us. If you don't believe me, look at the world around us. Is it becoming more Christ-like or less Christ-like? What is the truth worth if nobody can hear it? Nobody understands it. And you know what the language of our people is here in America? It's not English. It's our actions. We do a great job of saying the truth out loud, right? But are we living it with our deeds, with our actions? And that's where the day of Pentecost is one of the most amazing things of all time. God came to earth, died for us to show us his his conquering of death. That life is eternal through him and only him. And the people aren't hearing about that hope. Our world is longing for hope. And they don't hear it because all we have are words that don't match our lives. So as we share this bread, this juice the bones, the blood of Christ this morning. I want us to actually lament. You know what lament means? It's like mourning. We need to come clean and live in truth and just say we have not Let you, God, speak through us as you've wanted us to. There are reasons to lament. Broken relationship, lost relationship. The truth of Christ not being heard through our words because our actions haven't been there. Now, we will celebrate together after this. There's nothing better than a meal, a, a true communion, the community coming together. But on this Pentecost Sunday, sometimes we've got to get past the warm fuzzies and just get honest. Of God wants to do the most amazing things to us and through us, but we have to let him work in ways that we've always said no to. We've always said it's somebody else's job. So I ask you to gather, like we did in the last couple weeks, you come in through the back, come up front here, and when you get your stuff, go back to your seat. You want to come up here, Justin. Yes, please no overload of hand sanitizer this week, Justin. Last week you put about three gallons in my hands. But take this seriously. As we hold these elements, as we... Just consider what Christ did for us in his death and in his resurrection. And then he said, I am sending one who will have you do things greater than I ever did. That blows my mind still to think that he sent us a spirit who will do things through us that will be greater than what Jesus did with his time with us. Are we there? I know I'm not, but I sure need to just open up and say, God, I don't know what I'm missing, but man, you need to break me down even further. Because I want nothing more than to love you, Lord, and have the world around me know you. So please come and let's join. Please hold the elements and we'll take them all together once we have them. And there are no prerequisites. If you want to know Jesus, you are welcome to come partake in this. Christ willingly went to the cross for us that we truly might be transformed and God, the creator of all things, might truly work through us to do miraculous things that we can't comprehend as he was broken for us willingly. Let's remember him and his sacrifice. Let's eat together. And as his blood was shed, the ultimate sacrifice, the last sacrifice needed for the cleansing of our sins. And we now, about 50 days later, celebrate the coming of the Spirit. The one who will change everything in us and let us live in light and truth. Let us pray as we drink this. God, send us your spirit and change our lives let's drink together Lord I can say nothing more than we praise you and we welcome you we want your spirit in us and with us today work in whatever ways are necessary easy, hard Short, long, whatever it takes, Lord, work in us and give us your spirit so that we might be the light that you want us to be and that truth might reign forever through you. We praise you, Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. You stand with me. We're going to sing our benediction and then we're going to start moving some chairs around so that we can get some tables in and we invite you to stay. Please stay. Please come if you're local and are within driving distance. Let's sing our benediction together. We sing hallelujah. Let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim, let your will be done in us. Go in God's power. We'll see you next week. Oh, we'll see you in a few minutes. (laughs)